Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and today on the show we have... The man behind the character Sherlock Holmes, British author and amateur detective Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and the man behind such hits as I've Got You, Babe, and The Beat Goes On, half of the legendary Sonny and Cher duo, musician and politician Sonny Bono. It was a fascinating talk before we get to all the nitty gritty. Guys, you've only got two more opportunities to see my improv team, Junior Varsity, before we retire forever this Thursday at the Magnet Theater at 7 p.m. and next Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. The last two Thursdays in January 2019, those are your last opportunities to see us do improv and then we disappear from the face of the earth, never to be seen again. So you're gonna wanna check that out. Uh, don't forget, you can also check out the newest Eps of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn and hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Sonny Bono and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the heads. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century American singer, songwriter, and politician Sonny Bono. Hello. And 19th century British author, best known for creating the character Sherlock Holmes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Hello. Uh, Sir Doyle, Mr. Bono, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Well, it's such an amazing pleasure to be here. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Uh, Let's start off with you, uh, Sir Doyle, if you don't mind. So you are obviously most well-known for the creation of the character Sherlock Holmes, uh, the world's greatest detective. I read... Um, that from the, on the Wikipedia that you actually based him on one of your university teachers, a man named Joseph Bell. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's okay. correct. So I wanted to ask you, what specifically was it that Sherlock Holmes mirrors about your old professor, Joseph Bell? Was it his demeanor? Were there specific attributes that you took and yes. attached to Sherlock? Well, of course. I mean, Joe, well, I called him Professor Bell back then, but in truth, I didn't respect him at all. So I'll call him Joe. Interesting. Joe was just very condescending and verbose to his students. Um, What did he teach, by the way? What did Joseph Bell teach? um, He taught many subjects. The most important being chemistry. Oh, okay. Polymath. He was polymath. Taught a lot of di- a lot of different levels of expertise, just exactly. like the character Sherlock Holmes. Yes, exactly right. He insisted on um, sort of rounding out the education on all facets of his students. So mm-hmm. he kind of just took over everything. And yes, he mm. was he was quite a character. Okay. Um, and yes, he was. As I was saying earlier, he was quite condescending, quite verbose, and. You know, I uh, it kind of stuck with me for a while, his demeanor. Mm, so it's, you're saying that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's funny that you don't like him, because I would assume you loved him if you wrote all those books about him, and he's always, you know, 10 out of 10 on the status scale. You right? know, I think I know the answer to this question, but if you wouldn't mind, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, 
would you would you tell Sonny Bono why you wrote so many Sherlock Holmes mysteries if you didn't care for uh, Joseph Bell? Sure. So the well, the question is, uh, the question is why I based it based my main character mm-hmm. on and, someone I don't like and wrote right? so many stories. About I wrote him. so many stories, and he was like a god in those stories, right? He was like <laughs> unstoppable That's for the right. most part. I think he has like one or two stories where he's not on top, but like. Mm-hmm. He's like the smartest guy times 10 in every single situation. Yeah. So please elucidate us. Well, yes. I mean, you know, to answer the question of why I based the stories off of someone that I frankly was not a fan of. I just I think I just get most inspired by people I dislike. Mm, Okay. so, you know, actually all of my characters and inspirations for my writing has usually been inspired by a mild dislike or annoyance. Hmm, okay. And so would you say that all the characters in your various works of fiction are based on someone that you disliked for one reason or another? Yes, I would say that. I mean, not everyone, but, you know, but I do think that that's the vast majority of my work. Okay. well, what about the Dr. Watson character that's sort of the tag along for Sherlock Holmes, the sidekick was yes. that based on someone that you similarly disliked, like your Professor Bell? Yes, actually. You know, Dr. Watson um, was based on a very annoying nanny that I had. Okay. Extremely annoying. Very nagging. Mm-hmm. Very nagging. Wouldn't leave my side. Um, mm. Kept in sort of chasing after me and cleaning up after me and commenting on everything I did. So this nanny kept on cleaning up after you. How annoying. <laughs> it was Don't quite annoying. Up. So well, yeah. yes, I suppose, you know, to your point, um, mm-hmm. perhaps I was a bit of a spoiled brat, as they say these mm. days. But as a child that just wanted the freedom to, to make roll a around mess. the mud. Yes, yeah. exactly. Let the mess be. Yes, I Embrace wanted the mess to the be. Embrace the chaos, my exactly. nanny. Yeah. yeah, but then you have Watson cleaning you up like a mm-hmm. dick all the time. That right? is such classic. Like, if you read the actual Sherlock Holmes mysteries, like, it just makes so much sense now. Yeah. Because Watson of the stories is always like... Cleaning. Just like, just like oh, Sherlock, this place is a mess. Yeah, he's cleaning oh, all God, the what's, time. What are you doing, Sherlock? Come on. You <laughs> he's know? so whiny. Oh, stop it, Sherlock. Yes, I mean, I think you're taking a little bit of artistic liberties <laughs> by paraphrasing <laughs> Watson, but... But I do think that that is... That was a direct the... quote from Hound of the Baskervilles. Sorry, I had it well, open right in front of me. I've heard that many <laughs> authors, you know, after my death have paraphrased and recreated and fr- mm. frankly degraded the mm. original work. So I suppose if you're quoting that, then mm. I cannot comment on Of that. course. Wait, so yeah, so obviously Sherlock Holmes has been... Uh, brought into various different incarnations in movies and television shows. Yes. He's got uh, uh, Lucy Liu is playing Dr. Watson Ugh. in Elementary. And you got uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as, uh, as a... And also, not a lot of people know about this, the TV show House was a loose interpretation of the Sherlock yeah. Holmes character. I would also say loose is being generous. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much on the nose, Sherlock Holmes, really. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, how do you feel about these interpretations? Do you are you sort of like a strict Sherlock Holmesian? Are you like the only thing that is legitimate are the stories that I wrote about Sherlock Holmes? Well, I I I think um, I think that's that's probably right. You know, I I I just I am honored that my stories have sort of stood the test of time and sort of lived beyond my life. 
Um, but yes, the other day I took a little watch at Sherlock, uh, the Netflix series, and mm -hmm. I was astounded by some of the artistic liberties that they took. Um, Ooh, like what? Well, let's see. I think the depiction of that Moriarty character. Mm -hmm. It was, I'm not, I don't dislike it. It was an interesting take. Who's Marty Artie in the show? I forget the actor's name, but he plays it. He's very, he's very flamboyant, you know? He's like, yes. oh, it's and he's just kind of like, has a very, you know, um, I don't know, just like over the top kind of British kind of mm. like uh, craziness to him. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and that's not the Moriarty that you envisioned. You envisioned a sort of like a classier, more subtle Moriarty. Yes, I mean, Moriarty, in fact, was, uh, you know, um, inspired by a very classy and subtle being in my family. Ooh, so he was a he was... villain, and so you base your villains on people you like? Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. It's mm. the other way around, you know. He was mm. actually my mentor. My mentor. Ooh. What? Oh. In life, my uncle. Your uncle. Yes, my uncle. Mm. Yes. Very classy. Gotcha. Uh, very there, eccentric. Were there any similarities that you? It's just like the. Was there an elegance to your uncle that you put in Moriarty? Yes, I think that summarizes it well. He was a very elegant, classy man. Mm. He also always had a cigar on hand. Oh, so classy. Uh, That's delicious. Was, yeah. Yes, very delicious. Very Love a cigar. Delicious. He was never afraid of. Speaking his mind, just like Moriarty, he was very open with his opinions. Very yeah. open yeah, yeah. with his opinions. I yes. love that story where Moriarty's like, you know what? Here's what I think, Sherlock, and I am not gonna sugarcoat it for you right. or anyone. Yes. I mean, again, you're paraphrasing greatly, <laughs> but 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 that is the you know the philosophy that mm. I tried to infuse Moriarty. With. Gotcha. Was, was your mentor really mad at you when you villainized him in a book? Yeah. Did anybody uh, approach you about uh, the similarities that you you put them in the in your books? You Especially because you really turned allies into enemies and enemies into allies yeah. in your lifestyle. Did anybody ever well, say anything? Well, some of them did. You know, those that were smart enough, like my uncle, mm -hmm. realized that he was Moriarty. What happened? What did he say? Well, I think, I think he was flattered. I mean, Moriarty is by far one of the most interesting characters in my book. And that was always this thing. He didn't care about good or evil. He just cared about interesting versus boring. Your uncle. My uncle, myself, too. Ooh, okay. Yes, that's a, that's his philosophy he's instilled in me. So he was like, I don't care if I was an evil villain. I was an interesting person. Mm, mm. I like that. That sounds like, uh, I, I gotta say, that sounds like a cool motherfucker. That he guy. Was I don't care about good cool... and evil. I just care about interesting. Yes. And you made me interesting. He was yeah. very cool. Wow. That's yeah. sick. I am uh, getting a little hot and bothered here under the collar. That means porny? <laughs> <laughs> just a little horny for uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's <laughs> uncle. <sighs> Uh, but let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. I'm man. sure he was a real uh, lady killer, that guy. Uh, but uh, let's uh, move on to uh, Sonny Bono for just a moment. Hello. So it seems like your life had two very distinct phases. Like there yes. was the singer-songwriter phase. You're yeah. performing musical over the world. You're married to Cher. You have oh, a television show. Very, very beautiful oh, woman. And my TV show. And the second half of your life, you're in politics. You're the mayor of Palm Springs. Yeah. You're a congressman for California's 44th District. Yep. And I read that you originally got into politics because you were trying to open a restaurant in Palm Springs. And the reason why you got into politics was that you were upset with how difficult the government made it to open this restaurant. Is that right? Yeah, they wanted to do a lot of things like uh, uh, I wasn't allowed to cook anything. 
Mm, what do you was, mean you weren't allowed to cook anything? So I was really into human and squirrel meat back in the day. Interesting. Um, okay. Just because uh, in my, you know, rock and roll lifestyle, you're driving drunk and high all the time. That's just part of being a rock star. And so you, know? you gather a lot of bodies of animals and humans just because, you know, you're killed. You're because you're like driving on the sidewalk mm. on a daily basis. You know, where, a rock are, you star thing to do. where are you getting the human bodies? So I drive back in that day and also today. I used to drive <laughs> drunk and high a lot. So because I, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, he was a rock star. Right. He, he, he and Cher were rock icons. Yeah. You know, they're they're performing music all over the place. You got to drive from city to city. You're doing all these drugs and everything. Yeah. You're going to hit a couple of people. Yes. By a couple, I mean a couple course. a night. You Dozens. Know? And Cher, my man, mm-hmm. she could get away with anything. Oh, that, those all, eyes, that voice. That eyes, that voice. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in love? Leather jacket. <laughs> Navy blasting <laughs> missiles behind her, you know, like we got away with so much. I'm and sure. So we would have all these bodies and we just did not know how to get rid of them other than feeding them back to. Uh, back other, to people. Yeah. Back to yeah. people. Right. Gotcha. Feeding people to people. And yeah. so for you and Cher and would it be, could, could I say also like every other rock star that's ever existed? Would yes. you say? So huge murderers. So huge mass murderers. You guys, every rock star has, is living this life where you're just like constantly cooking and eating human flesh yeah you have to get rid of body somehow yeah and so you're basically saying like why don't we take the experience of being a rock star and bring it to the public and let them eat other people too let them feel a little like lenny kravitz and eat a body if i had to be honest i think you're being a little too nice to me oh I think I just so, need to cover up murders. Sonny Bono? Yeah, you're but, being a little too nice to But isn't Sonny this Bono. every rock star? Isn't every rock star like this? Like, doesn't every... Doesn't We're that... selfish, you know what I mean? Mm. Our, we want to keep all the drugs and sex and humans to ourselves. You oh, know? gotcha. We don't want to, like, share it. And whenever we can, we try to, like, kick the other rock stars in the shin a little bit. Interesting, you know? okay. Like, um, if I could, I would have pushed Cher down a flight of stairs, but... She was just too strong, you know. <gasps> oh, so you tried to kick her down the stairs. A I tried. Of times. I once took a lead pipe and I tried to hit her across the knee, mm-hmm. much like the um, that movie that came out. I Tanya. Uh, I Tanya. Yeah. yeah, I saw I Tanya and I was like, got it. And then I <laughs> tried, but her boots were too thick. The boots were way too. She had knee high boots. Oh, and wow. they were too thick, and the lead pipe just bounced right off. And she was like. She was so stoned that she had no idea what I just tried to do. <laughs> so you were married, uh, but we you were, were married, also rivals. But we were also rivals because we were both rock stars, you know? Rock stars, just, they just naturally have these rivalries yeah. where they're constantly mm-hmm. trying to take each other down. Yeah. I got to say, Any like, means necessary. I'm trying to think of, like, rock stars that died young. Like, is it because other rock stars decided Jimmy to Hendrix stepped in a bear trap. <laughs> he stepped in a bear trap? Made by Eric Clapton. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? Eric and then Clapton. he just shoved his face full of drugs to, you know... Just to like 26 Club, what are you gonna do? You know, that's oh, what Eric Clapton wow. said. I think it was the 27 Club. 27 Club, what are yeah. you gonna do? You know, that's, that's what Eric Clapton said. Unbelievable. Yeah, but I was I was trying to think of the the rationale for you opening this restaurant then. Did if... I not say it was to cover body to cover the Oh, so the you people. didn't care about giving people the experience of eating human flesh. You just were still racking up bodies, even though yeah. you weren't a rock star. Right. We yes. I was still right. You know, when you when you drive high and drunk all the time, it doesn't stop. Ah, uh, so you didn't stop driving high and drunk, so you still had bodies to get rid of. So yes. you wanted to open a restaurant where you could cook and eat these people. Yeah, and gotcha. uh, that we makes did a not lot of sense. tell people it was people. Mm-hmm. But if you looked in that kitchen, you knew what was up because it was just dead bodies hanging up. It all was like the dead place. bodies. We were like, you know, not be. There were clothes in the soup that we were making. <laughs> 
like have you seen so you, so you <laughs> forgot you forgot to like remove all the clothing like yeah. you guys were in a real rush <laughs> it was like in um indiana jones the second one where they like didn't make bodies when they fell into the crocodile pit you know what I'm talking about when the crocodiles are just eating clothes at that bridge scene right. at the end. Really good set piece, I remember. but like, yeah, yeah. maybe put like something other than the crocodiles are just eating clothes. You mm-hmm. know, well, it's a it's a but short a lot of our, There used to be people in those clothes. Yeah, but come know? on, <laughs> what is it like? That was a pretty high budget movie. They could have put some bodies, whatever. But mm-hmm. anyway, we had these stews and they were covered in clothes, and that's mm-hmm. why I think we. I started to become a politician to be like, because you're like, I'm so tired of this red tape. Like, like don't cook and eat people. Yeah. That makes sense. That a makes lot sense. of red tape. It's a classic Sonny Bono move. Uh, even yeah. just joining us, this is famous dead people on radio for Brooklyn. And my guests today are 19th century British author, best known for creating the character Sherlock Holmes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Hello. And 20th century American singer, songwriter and politician, Sonny Bono. Here comes the Sonny Bono. Here comes the Sonny Bono indeed. Let's go back <laughs> over to uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle for just a moment. Uh, so I read on the Wikipedia that you were sort of ambivalent to Sherlock Holmes, despite the success of the character. I read mm. that you tried to kill him off early. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Is everything all right, Sonny Bono? You tried to kill off the, like, star of your book series? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I I wanted to focus on my many other talents, and so at mm-hmm. some point I wanted to kill him off, yes. Now, I read that you also, in one of the other ways that you tried to stop doing Sherlock Holmes books was that you... Uh, raised the price of your Sherlock Holmes stories to the point where you thought that no publisher would ever ever pay you for that. But then they just paid you that, and then you became like one of the highest paid authors in all of England. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, what fools, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, hey, their uh, their foolishness is your gain, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Well, that's true. You know, yeah. I, I suppose, as you said earlier, I should not be such a spoiled brat. But, mm-hmm. you know, really, I, I tried and just, you know, very PC ways to get out of it. Very PC ways? Well, yes. I mean, you know, you would think I could also just say, I don't want to write it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I could easily just say I put down the pen. Mm-hmm. And that isn't PC. It is not PC. That's not politically like, correct. It's not PC. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess PC is maybe a weird way of explaining <laughs> it. But, it makes sense you know, to me. Yeah, I don't know, understand I... the PC culture stuff. <laughs> Well, I, I don't get understand. it. I offend people every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's the that's the thing. I think you know. Back then, I was very, I was a little worried about offending people. I was mm. bold in my books, but yeah. in my real life, I was a little, well, a weakling. Mm. Weakling. Interesting. So, so, what were some of the other like backhanded, sneaky ways that you tried to quit Sherlock Holmes without? overtly yes. quitting Sherlock Holmes, which of course would have been very politically incorrect. Of course, mm-hmm. yes. Well, uh, after, for instance, after the publishers decided to pay a sum that I thought was insane, mm-hmm. um, I directly... How much money was it? Can we ask? Mm, yeah. Sure, yes. Well, It's a little rude, Sonny Bono, to ask, but I mean, since the question's already out there, we I mean, we're all well. billionaires, right? <laughs> I'm supposed to beg your pardon? We're all billionaires, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is doing, but I am <laughs> certainly not a billionaire. Oh, that's gross. I'm what? not even a, uh, a millionaire. Okay, I'm a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that's money? cool. That's well, great. I Thank would you. be a billionaire if I got the, you know, the um, royalties <laughs> from all those interpretations <gasps> that they've done mm. later on, but I don't think that's coming into me. Well, you know, but I'm quite well off. I'm well, you well. know that uh, Sonny Bono is responsible for 
people getting to hold on to their copyrights for longer mm. than they used to, like you you know there's a property they create a property mm-hmm. the, the the copyright expires after some point and it enters the public domain oh. Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain but Sonny Bono worked on legislation <sighs> to extend the copyright uh. For certain properties, it's the reason why Walt Disney still owns Mickey Mouse and stuff like I that. I wish we'd been alive at the same time. It's too <laughs> bad. Yeah, Sorry, you'd, be flush. To you. you'd be flush. You'd be flush. But anyway, to answer your original question, which I believe was, uh, what other things I did mm-hmm. to yes. step down in a PC manner? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, many things. What the biggest um, effort that comes to mind is when the publishers said to pay me an enormous sum of money. Oh, mm-hmm. you asked how much it was. I, I, that's fine. And I think I did the calculations in today's money. Uh, it was a, um, it was $5 million. $5 million? Mm. Yes, it was a For lot. how many stories? Uh, mm. It was... Uh, Hopefully the, one. What's that? <laughs> Hopefully one story, I would say. One. And so you do. You say $5 million for per story, and then you deliver per half story, the story, yeah. story, and you go, that was only for half the story. Yeah. If you want the rest of the story, you want to find out how it ends, another $5 million, please. Yeah. This, is some, this was a good Sonny Bono tactic. Uh, that was, a, that was something that Sonny Bono used to do all yeah, the time? Yeah, we used to give half a song. You, like, write half a song for Sam Cooke, and he's yeah. like, you want to know what's going to happen at the end of the song, Sam Cooke? Hmm. Yeah. You got you to gotta pony up, buddy. Yeah, you better cook up some more cheese, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese being money. That's Sam why they called him Sam Cook because he was yeah. really cooking up the cheese. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> well, although I have to say, your response makes me feel that five million was not a lot of money. I, I mean, would say it's an insane amount of money. I think it's okay. good for one story. For two, you're it's, ripping yourself off. Yes, mm. I, I think I'm picking up on that. So yeah. he's, uh, oh no. well, maybe <laughs> my reading of the situation was wrong. You know, I was not a very Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. No, you did fine. You should not be measuring I'm, your you success. I'm, I'm feeling like I fucked up. No, I'm you sorry. didn't, you didn't fuck like up. I fucked up. You did great. You did wonderful. This is why you're dead. You should not measure your success around a man who drives drunk and on drugs and murders people with his car. That is a very good point. And then eats those bodies. All right? Excellent point. Don't, and also, just don't judge yourself by other people's success. You know, everyone's going to try to tell you you're not good enough, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> yes, uh, you're I right. say, right. you know, own the things that you have done and recognize that mm. you did great. You did great. You created one of the m- longest lasting. Uh, uh, did I mention that I dated right. Cher? You were married to Cher. You I dated Cher. You, dated, you think being dating with Cher, a fucking ring man. Dating Cher is more important than than marrying Cher. Fine. I dated Cher. <laughs> then I married her. Gotcha. So whatever. We money, money, on... Sonny Bono. Mm-hmm. I also got laid. Mm-hmm. At least once. At least, At least once. once. Uh, At least once. Cher. I share. Uh, so yeah. So but I, those I, boots. I desperately got to finish this story yes, here. Yeah, so sorry. what? What else did you do to try to get out of writing Sherlock Holmes? Uh, okay. Yes. Well, the so publishers like the yes, publishers we'll pay you five we'll million. You, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually organized a bank heist. A bank to heist to rob the bank that the publishers had their finances. So in. then they wouldn't be able to exactly. pay you the five million dollars. Yes. Yes, I went wow. that far. I went that far. Wow. Okay, so how did, what happened with the bank heist? How did that go wrong? Well, yes, uh, they went in. Um, they unfortunately 
killed a bunch of people. Uh, you, so you weren't there smart. on the oh, bank. Oh no! I mean, I was a couple. You just I was organized pulling it. the strings. Mm, Actually, my uncle it. helped me, but oh, I was a couple nice. levels oh, removed. Not yeah. a fucking hot dude <laughs> <laughs> helping helping Sherlock Holmes organize a bank heist. It's pretty nice. Was it a? Was it pretty attractive? Was this a now you see me kind of situation? I don't get that reference. Really? Mm-hmm. No. Now you, now you see, see me? me. So you're Shall saying I be getting that reference? It's so a movie. It's, it's a movie movies. where magicians uh, rob people. I believe rob a bank. I think. Yeah. This is such a popular movie that it's astounding oh, that I, I think, don't get the reference. I think it's universally panned, and I don't think anybody saw it. Yeah, so. it has two movies though. Yeah, it's kind of like watching. It's kind of like Entourage, where you're just like watching people get away with shit that you really wish they died in like the first <laughs> scene. You know, it's like. It's just like people I really do not. I like all those actors, but Sunny, damn, are they Sunny not Bono, fun? Let's definitely talk about the Now You See Me uh, series yeah. a little more after the show. But I, I really want to find out what happened with this bank heist. Yes. So uh, you yes. said they, they botched it? They, yes. they weren't able to do it? Uh, listen, I, I, I actually laid it down as I do in the plots of my books. You know, I laid it down <laughs> to very meticulous. To a T. Yeah. This is how you succeed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, but yes, the idiots, they botched it. They ended up killing a lot of people. Such a shame, yeah. Before that- even getting the money, you know, so they mm-hmm. just ended up being arrested. Ugh, that's with really no bad. Money. And they, arrested they, is really bad. Did they give you up? Well, I made sure they did not give me up. Ooh. Yes. Now we're talking. No further words necessary. I know what that means. Thank you. Let's uh, go over to Sonny Bono for just a moment. That was a fascinating story, though. Thank you for that, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about your early life, Sonny Bono. So you were raised in Inglewood, California. You dropped out of high school in the early 1950s to pursue music. Hell yeah. Uh, But the Wikipedia was really vague about this. Like, what led you to that decision? Were you writing songs? Were you in a band? So I was in the girls' locker room and that was <laughs> a no go <laughs> what no it's not the... the truth it is the truth it's when not you were in fake. a girl's locker room yeah that's inappropriate well man. i was a high schooler i'm sunny bono i don't you know i was i mean it is a lot like the movie porkies so i guess i can't and that that happened in the 1980s yeah but that's so. those are all bad people and i'm rich therefore i'm a good person okay well you mm. weren't rich at this point in your life so well i was gonna be rich <laughs> I so was just getting ahead of what I knew was owed to me pro, for being rich. Proactively doing things that you knew you'd later be able to get away yeah. with. Gotcha. So I was in the women's bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking for just anything I could get. You what, know? Do you, what do you mean by that? I, well, I couldn't get in the locker, so I just anything else I could get. Were you just trying to like get get a little sneak sneak a peek? Is that what you're saying? I ended up gathering urine and poop. Oh, sunny oh. bono. Just because it's all I could get. Oh, I was a weird high schooler. I was a weird high schooler. How is that the most easy thing that you can get? Out <laughs> it was of the a woman's easiest locker. thing I could get. No one wanted to talk to me. Okay. Because they were like, you're but talking they were about. To poop into your hand. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. Just, they just don't always flush. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I'm sorry. I had to They didn't car. poop into you my hand. You jumped to that instead of him going into the toilet and getting it out of the toilet? Oh, but but that's also requires another leap that they didn't flush. That also doesn't make that's, any sense. Okay, it that still makes not... a lot more sense than, that's... hey, I know you girls don't like me or anything, but would you poop into my hand for me, please? Right. <laughs> Which was, I had that conversation. It didn't work out. So. Uh, well, at least you asked first. Yeah. So I went to the women's bathroom to see if I could just get anything, mm-hmm. and which I ended up collecting a couple of turds and a few vials of pee. A few vials. Okay. Yeah. Because I was a scientist back then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Interesting yeah. science. And then I was carried around with me for the rest of the day, and I kept getting these comments that are like, 
you smell like women's shit. I'm you sorry, know? I have to ask, what? what kind what kind of science experiment were you hoping to run? Uh, it was I was just a scientist back then. I was really into science back mm-hmm. then. Oh, okay. You were yeah. not hoping to run an experiment with the specimens. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, okay. These were just for, you know, whatever I could get. Gotcha. And, so uh, somebody said, hey, you smell like ladies shit. Uh, ladies shit, Andy. which... By the way, yeah. I, as far as I knew, did not smell any different than men's shit. Well, they use poopery, <laughs> which men have never used in a million years. What? <laughs> what? They use poopery. Men women, don't use that. Of course. I'm sorry. I can't believe I forgot about this. Women, of course, have a product called poopery that makes yeah. their poop smell better mm-hmm. yeah. than men's. And they've, they've had it for thousands and thousands of years, and men have never been able to find it. Yeah, anyway, and they sorry. also didn't flush. Yes. And uh <laughs> Well, why would you? You wouldn't need to flush if you're using poopery because exactly. it doesn't smell it smells bad. like roses. I think they forgot it was there. And it smells gotcha, like roses. Gotcha. They also um, did that thing where they lay out toilet paper over the seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that to they catch their poop? No, to so that they don't go bare ass against the toilet seat. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. they don't flush the toilet paper. Mm-hmm. They just scooch it over to the side. Gotcha. Well, I think we're talking way too much about this poop. And I really <laughs> want to know how you got into music, Sonny Bono. How did this, oh. how did this lead to your, your, your love? Of music and your desire to pursue music. Okay, sure, sure, sure. So um, it was class. It was science class. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, everyone go up and do a presentation. And I was getting out my um, fake volcano. Okay. But in a very comical switch, I forgot the baking soda. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally put the female the female poop in poop there. Poop okay. urine and toilet paper in there. And then that splattered everywhere. Everyone accused me of um, making that a plan. But I just said, no, it just makes me horny. And then... <laughs> I got kicked out of school. <laughs> and uh, after that, I was like, well, science is, science is clearly not my thing. Mm-hmm. So I pursued what I thought would be a really easy way to make money. Which and was that was music. music. So yeah. music was really just a way for you to cash in. Yeah. It was, it was basically like buying a lottery ticket for you. Yeah. Because you wanted to do science, but unfortunately... Everybody got upset that you sprayed women's poop all over them with a volcano in science class. Yeah. Mm. And you try, you, you tried to explain to them this was just to make me horny. Yeah. And they still got upset, so they kicked you out. Yeah. I was just trying to say this was a prank. This was for me to take home. <laughs> this is literally just so I can get hard. Yeah. I don't see why I'm you guys are so upset about this. I'm weird, and I can, I'll take anything I can get. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah, it. Yeah. That, that is a fascinating story. Unfortunately, we got to take a short break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been very elucidating so far. We will be right back with Sonny Bono and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Oh, 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 oh
Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I am your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 19th century British author, best known for creating the character Sherlock Holmes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Hello. And 20th century American singer, songwriter, and politician, Sonny Bono. Uh, here comes the Sonny Bono. Here comes the Sonny Bono, indeed. <laughs> I didn't think of another one. Now, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, you are obviously most well-known for Sherlock Holmes, the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. What I found fascinating about your Wikipedia was that you ended up doing a little detective work yourself. You actually investigated two real closed cases and got both those men exonerated. Uh, the first was, I wanted to ask you about both these cases, if you don't mind. Uh, the first case was a man named George Adalji, who was accused of sending threatening letters and mutilating animals. You suspected he was innocent because the animal mutilations continued after he was sent to prison. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So then how did you know that it wasn't like a copycat, you know, animal mutilator? Mm. Or, or even that the threatening letters were connected to the animal mutilations? Like, like what's the story here? Um, sure. Yes. Well, I, I guess... My motivation, first of all, is I just wanted to show up the chief constable. Oh, didn't like the, the chief constable. I did not like the chief constable. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I was willing to take a deeper look mm-hmm. at the case. I was extremely busy, but I was like, anything to embarrass this man. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the animals um, and, you know, I uh, I realized that there were very specific type of possum. That was being mutilated. Okay. That really requires a very specific skill of hunting. Hmm. And I thought that in our in that town, it was not very probable that there would be two just people right after another that would that had the skills of capturing this very elusive and rare possum mm. that was unfortunately being so there was a, a kind of possum in england at the time in that england, was yes. so difficult to Very catch difficult gotcha yes. and so there was this guy who was capturing them mutilating them and also sending threatening letters to people yes and then they they caught this guy george adology yes. to jail. this guy's end goal <laughs> All right. And so and so but then this this possum, which is like virtually impossible to catch. Yes, exactly. It keeps on getting catch and it keeps on getting mutilated. And you're like, it's the same guy. It's, it's the same the motherfucker. Same. All right. So then how did you crack the case? How did you how did you eventually solve this thing? Well, it's elementary. Mm-hmm. There it is. There's that, there's that is. Wow. There's that catchphrase. I, I hate myself for saying that. Oh, I just, man. We that, loved it. It's ugh. like, ugh, it's like getting uh, getting to watch Homer Simpson say dough. Yeah. You know? Can you okay. Say I got, I'm getting chills okay, here. Me excuse too. me. Excuse me. Please <laughs> do not equate my work to the fucking Simpsons. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying it's, you know. It's, I like new Simpsons only, but. Catchphrase. <laughs> Sonny Bono, you, you prefer really like new Simpsons episodes. Yeah, you're I, a monster. I, I, like the, I like the new stuff, not the old stuff. Jesus, that is just as offensive as gotcha. the poop stuff that you talked <laughs> so about. So, how did you catch him? How'd you catch him, Sir Conan Doyle? This yes, guy. of course. So, mm-hmm. as I said, elementary. So, what I did was, well, I myself uh, read up on what 
was required to hunt this specific type of Ooh. possum. Yeah. All right, to catch I, a murderer, you got to become exactly. a murderer. Exactly. And yeah. in fact, I, I think my methodologies were very similar to what Sherlock would have employed. Mm -hmm. uh, I realized that you needed a very specific type of chemical mm. that this specific type of rare possum was attracted to. I went to the mm -hmm. chemist. Okay. Um, and I asked for the names of the people that were buying this type of uh, chemical. Let me guess. There was only one person there was who bought this chemical. One. one. Oh, who was wow. it? Mm. Well, okay. I guess we can go into the <laughs> you details. You didn't want to talk about <laughs> No, we can go into the details. That's fine. Yeah, I thought you were short it? on time. Who uh, was it? And who was it? And why were they sending threatening letters? Okay. I'll tell you the whole And what was this guy's end goal? Mm -hmm. Sure. I, we'll, we'll get there, Sonny Bono. We'll get there. <laughs> Seems like he's rapping to something that he's not. We'll get there. <laughs> this guy. Okay, here we go. Okay, so the the who was this guy? <clears throat> so the motivation, the motive. Mm -hmm. So the person getting these mutilated animals and threatening letters was a woman uh. in the um by the name of Angelica Smith. Angelica Smith. Angelica. That uh. Eliza. <laughs> I thought you were saying unrelated, unrelated, unrelated. Yes, Angelica is... Smith. Angelica. Tell us about these letters she was sending. Yeah. So basically, the 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 um the perpetrator wa uh, was her ex husband, mm. and it turned out that possum was that rare possum specifically, but possums in general um, are a uh, metaphor for well. Vagina. Okay. Or cheating. Okay. Wait, is it vagina Infidelity. or cheating? So Both. he was sending Both. so he was sending threatening the letters. The vagina that would cheat, yeah. So he was sending threatening letters to his ex, Angelica Smith. Exactly. And he was mutilating these possums exactly. as a metaphor for the fact that she cheated on him or something. That's exactly right. And wow. also just also mixing in what will happen to the rest of your body oh. if you continue. And that's that's Behavior. what the letters, you know, if you read between mm -hmm. the lines of their poems. Gotcha. But if you read between the lines of a threatening poems really came down. Yeah, this mm. constable must be garbage if he The constable was if he garbage. threw this dude George in jail and didn't even look at the ex like that's that's the first place it's the you first look. person you check. You know? out. I, yeah, exactly. Not just a rando. It's like yeah. husband, ex-husband. Can I ask one question? Mm -hmm. yeah, Did please. men back then not think much of women if a possum was the equivalent of like a vagina, hmm. and specifically a vagina that cheats? Well, I mean, we're talking very a very specific possum that's very hard to catch, you know. <laughs> and so, so much more. Questions. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> The men of the time, maybe like 18th century men, 19th century Englishmen were like, you know, ah, women are so elusive and, yeah. you know, they're so it's so difficult to get a little uh, get a little action to get lucky. It's mm. exactly like trying to catch this one possum awesome. that mm -hmm. is, you know, difficult to get. Yes, Jared, that's you've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly <laughs> well, what their philosophy you know, was. I, uh, you know, learned a thing or two in school. <laughs> uh, very quickly. Let's let's touch on the second case. Uh, mm. There was a guy named Oscar Slater who was accused mm. of uh, beating an 82-year-old woman, and Jesus. you believed you believed that Oscar Slater was not guilty. How did you eventually get him off of this uh, of this case? Oscar Slater, <laughs> the gambling den operator, who was accused of beating an 82-year-old woman. Yes, that was a that was a difficult one because really 
the reason why he was arrested was because he was standing over this 82-year-old woman with a bat in his hand. Ooh. So yeah. it seems like a, seems like a sh- open, open and shut case. case. It seems yeah. like an open and shut case. Absolutely. Shut and open case, yeah. Shut and shut open. And open. Shut yes, and open. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes, I... I, I uh, Which is what I, you did, I guess, because it was shut, then you opened it back up. Mm-hmm. It That's ended up being an, uh, yeah. a shut and open case. Yeah. We and thought it was way, an open and shut case. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Shut, shut and, and open. open and shut and open, I guess. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, incidentally, this was also under the same chief constable's reign. I think same this guy. really just ruined his career. Mm-hmm. I was very pleased. So what happened was, you know, I I took a look at the bat and I realized that it was a very big bat. It was a special made bat Ooh, for okay. people that are taller because they are... <laughs> Because they allowed that sort of thing back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, a tall uh, person's bat. Yeah. Yes, before baseball regulations came in exactly. Yes. And right. so, and so this guy Oscar, Oscar, he was a short dude, and you're like, exactly right. This guy's too short for this. This bat. guy's too short for this bat. Exactly. Mm. Nothing makes me more sick than watching a short man handle an average sized <laughs> bat. <laughs> I I guess I agree. And so, and so then, how did you eventually find the person who that bat belonged to? Well, so obviously the tall guy, right? Exactly. And essentially, mm-hmm. what happened was the tall guy hit Oscar on the head, and then when he came to, had the bat in his hand because and the tall stood guy him up upright. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Weekend at Bernie's style. He was okay. leaning against the wall and just holding the bat. Uh, yes. How elementary. I him. Elementary. elementary. It was elementary. Can you? Oh, you said it again. <laughs> Well, well that's Jared, Jared kind of, you know, mm. triggered that for me. So I right. just mm. said it to please him. Mm. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so please to wrap it too. up quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so I was like, okay, who is a tall person, an especially tall person in this household that would have access to this household? Mm-hmm. Probably know the two of them. Um, and it was unfortunate. Oh, this is extremely sad. It was unfortunately their stepson. Stepson yes. did stepson. it. It's always stepson. the stepson. It's always the stepson. This constable loves pinning crimes on random dudes. This when, when the answer is right under his nose. Yeah. Well, you know? truth be told, he had a little bit of a flirtation with my wife, which is why I didn't like him to begin oh. with. Oh, but yes, he was an idiot. He was an idiot. Wow. Why didn't more you write about, a story about him? More about you... the, oh, or did you write a story about him? Hmm? Well, he Where was, he was a hero. He was just directly. <laughs> Because, you know, you write stories yeah, about right. people you don't like being a hero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good point. Yes, he he was. <laughs> it was not published, but he was um, featured prominently in my unpublished series of children's fairy tales as a prince. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to those manuscripts now. Uh, let's go back over to Sonny Bono for a moment. Uh, so let's talk about the beginning of your music career. So early 60s. You're working for specialty records. Uh, sorry, what was that? You hear that toilet flush? I did not hear the toilet flush, oh. no. But thank you for mentioning that. Sure. Uh, Are you going to go collect the... <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. Well, let me just see who goes out of the t- bathroom. I had, for- I had forgotten that this was... I think sorry. it's a dude, so you can yes. calm down. Sonny Bono. I'm, I'm also not a high schooler me. anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so maybe not so uh, focused on collecting... Yeah, not anything I can ...women's get species. So. Right. You're writing songs for Sam Cooke and other artists. You're working for Phil Spector. Phil Spector. Uh, around this time, you divorce your first wife, Donna, and you meet Cher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to know what that was like because the Wikipedia doesn't really mention the specifics of your relationship. Did you know Cher before you divorced Donna? How did you guys meet? When did right. you realize that you were falling in love? Because right, you were right, married 
two year only two years after divorcing your first wife, you and Cher. Yes. So that's also perfect because now you can add this into the Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's bring up my computer here. And uh, great. You already added it. Yeah. Added something I didn't even say. Great. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was, just, that was just me logging in. Oh, fair, fair, fair. fair. Wikipedia.com and uh, Jared, Jared Berenstein at rocketmail.gov. And uh, the uh, password. Um, no, I don't need to tell you guys about it. Really? That's okay. the password. Don't need to tell you guys about okay. it. Sure, sure, sure. All right. And I'm in. So now right. I'm ready to edit. Okay. Tell me what happened. So uh, I was married to that lady. Who knows? Donna. Donna. <laughs> <laughs> great Donna I was married to her um that whole time we were married I was like you know she's a really pretty lady but she's not um you know I'm a you know I'm Sonny Bono I'm not a good person she's not <laughs> Rexdare material if you know what I mean okay you know this is mean? not a rock star's wife yeah this isn't I'm a Sonny Bono star. I'm gonna be a rock star yeah I need a rock star wife, wife. Yeah. that's right and i also have this bad habit where i'm dating somebody and suddenly there's a ring on it and i gotta get married you know what i mean that's <laughs> I mean, just something me sonny bono i don't know how that happens listen look at your brother i think you're married like four times or yeah. something sonny bono i think we're dating then one day i'm standing with roses and a ring and i mm. i don't know what happened gotcha photographer taking pictures and a very candid you know what I mean? Hmm. You know when you see wedding photos or like the engagement photos mm-hmm. and everyone and looks like, real too nice? Oh my God. What a surprise. Yeah. Like she knew. It's was so that. great that oh, there was a photographer knew. here to capture this completely candid moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the advice I got, even though I don't think it's ever going to happen in my lifetime, me, Sonny Bono, mm-hmm. uh, is um, uh, pay for her, uh, uh, what is it called? Pad- manic- manicure? Pay for the manicure. Yeah. Get her a manicure and then surprise her with it so that. When she does the little ring finger thing, her her, her, her fingers look. This nice. is a true story. My little sister got engaged, really, and her nails look like garbage, uh, and I roasted her real hard you're a dick. <laughs> because oh, of the pictures she said about her nails looking bad. Oh gosh, that's a true story. Uh, are you email, guys close? email. Oh yeah, we're very close. Okay. I love my I love my sister. Sure, sure. But, uh, hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want to see my sister's janky ass nails <laughs> with her engagement ring on. Uh, but anyway. Okay. Uh, Sonny Bono, you were saying. Yeah. So I was hunting for other rock stars to like, you know, destroy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I came across Cher and mm. I was like, God, if I can destroy Cher, my life is going to be so much easier, you know? Okay. So we were at that music video where um, the Navy is behind her, like firing missiles and so, like, planes and stuff. So you were talking about If I Could Turn Back Time, sure, sure, which sure. of course is a song that was popularized after you had already been divorced from Cher. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're saying that you're on the set of this music video. And I was like, okay, I'm going to ruin this lady right here, right now. Oh my God. Okay. And uh, I was I like. I just have to ask. So, sure, sure, so sure. you're saying that you're on the set of this music video, which again was not popular until decades later. Yes. I have to imagine that this video was just like in the works for a very long time. Like production on this video was just decades long. Right. And also I'm saying that I was, this is when I fell in love with her. And you're saying we were already divorced by the time this happened. Yes. Okay. Mm. So let me just finish this justification. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I, uh, I was like going to ruin this woman by blasting a missile from behind. You know? Oh, wow. Like okay. I was at the mis- uh, mm-hmm. command panel. You know what I mean? The like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Navy were the like. The place where you push the button and shoot the rockets. Yeah. Pre- mm-hmm. You press a button, you shoot the rockets. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I got a missile. Lo- okay. Like directed to the back of her head and th- sh- I'm going to kill Cher mm-hmm. so yeah. that there's one less rock star. Yeah. But then I saw the boots and I mm. saw the leather and I was like, I'm in love with this woman. 
And then I was like, I can't press it. And then someone said, you know, you've been married to her for the last 10 years. <laughs> and I was like, well, these drugs are really crazy. And then by the time that all happened, I pressed the button, the missile flew, but she walked away and some backup dancer got it. Oh no, some backup dancer. Yeah, some poor backup what? dancer Took not making enough money. For share. Got a rocket to the back of the head meant for share. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. And so the, That's an incredible story that does you. not answer my question at all. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay, let's say, okay, so... Um, it's fine. You don't remember. You, do you only, believe... You, you only remember this incident where you tried to murder Cher after you had already been married to her for a while. Right. Okay, so the real story. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the real story. Well, hold on a second. If you're just joining us, this <laughs> sure. is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century American singer, songwriter, and politician, Sonny Bono. Uh, uh... Black Hole Sun, Won't You Come, Bono. Okay, and 19th century British author, best known for creating the character Sherlock Holmes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Hello. <laughs> Should right. I have a pun? Next time you I'll have a pun. You don't need to have a pun. I, I try to I don't know why Sonny Bono <laughs> no. is insisting on them. No, I insist. Because they next are time completely I unnecessary. <laughs> I will prepare a pun. Next. Okay. It's a nice mental exercise for a guy who really needs to do more mental exercises. Okay, so Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, there's, I, I'm literally only going to be saying your name one more time in this episode. It's at the outro. And so if you oh, want to have yeah. if you want to have a pun ready for that, I will be ready. I it's going to be in about 10 minutes. Okay, so you I have about 10 minutes Thank to you. get one ready. Thank you. Sir Arthur Conan Thank Doyle. You. Thank you for that. Gotcha. And I'll make sure to say your name last so that you can drop it. So you can drop it on us. Thank you. Okay. So you were, so I asked you about yeah. how you met Cher, what the story was there, how you fell in love. You told us the story about trying to murder her on the set of If I Could Turn Back Time. Right. And so now you're going to tell us the actual story yeah. of when you met Cher. So she was yeah. singing the song, Do You Believe in Love After Love? Okay. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Because that is clearly going to be a story about something that happened years after you were divorced. Uh, because I believe that that happened in 1999 and you died in 98. Fair point. I had <laughs> I had a net full of boulders hovering over her. A and net I was, full of boulders. Yeah, and I was sawing that rope. Gotcha. And then once again, a backup dancer took because it you to know, the back of the head. You know, one boulder is not going to kill Cher. Yeah, you, you need, need a, a You need a you net full boots of boulders. Thick. I don't know how many times I have to say it. She has thick leather boots. And Can I ask you a question, yeah. Sonny Bono? So you sure. guys had the TV show, uh, the Sonny and Cher comedy hour mm-hmm. and so you guys have been touring together for a while right and i have to imagine that the reason why you got the tv show is because you guys had like a really great you know like married people banter on the stage when you're doing your music show well excuse me oh you're doing you music show <laughs> it did not throw up all right oh, you're doing your music no show. fun here anymore <laughs> You're doing your music shows and someone's like, oh, my God, such great, such great married people banter. Uh, We should put that on 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 TV. Is that what happened or was there another reason why someone thought, oh, we got to put this married couple on television and have them do their shtick? We were really funny physically, but Mm -hmm. all of our lines had to be ADR'd. Uh, they had to be ADR. Yeah, that's what that means, right? We got had to be added in later. Yeah, they yeah. had to take out our original audio because the things we would say to each other were just like so grotesque. What were, what were some of the things that you and Cher would say to each other well, while we, you were recording your television show, The right. Sunny and Cher Comedy Hour? Yeah. So we would say, I would say things to her like, you know, I love you and we're having a good time, but if you give me one inch, I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> and she would say stuff like, you know, vice versa, same here. Uh, ditto. Mm-hmm. And um, one time we had to ADR this whole thing out, but she got a knife in my kidney. Oh, wow. Cher I, got a knife in your kidney. No, she, yeah, Cher got a knife mm-hmm. into my kidney. Yeah. Right. Oh. 
Um, I was opening up a chest full of like funny things to play with for the comedy show. Okay. And like whoopee cushion. Yeah, like whoopee cushion, rubber chicken. Stuffed animals. We do a bit where we get a rubber cushion, a uh, whoopee cushion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we put a rubber chicken on top of it. So much rubber stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. It's so funny. But then I like bent down to get it. She saw, you know, like how my pants were real low. Mm-hmm. So I had a little butt crack and some kidneys showing, and she just took that opportunity. Kidney showing. Kidney showing. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, know how those, you get those low rise pants and they mm-hmm. get you a little bit of the kidneys and it's so fucking hot right. it's so nice you know just yeah. men and women just yeah just showing a little bit of kidneys it's just where like, the pee is you know sexy as fucking yeah. shit yeah mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. she saw those kidneys and she just put two knives in both my kidneys wow. and uh we had to adr that out you know mm. so we had to take out the audio of and you just getting... put in like a cute little thing about uh you never clean up after yourself sonny yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah and gotcha. it was funny because there was just so much blood everywhere um, and she got a kidney out. You know what I mean? She like she removed one. She removed one of my kidneys out. Wow. Was that for yeah. a transplant or was that just now you don't she have She was trying to kill kidney. me because I was a rock star of in the world. You know? I guess that's yes. what rock star life is like. Yeah. Now, and then I <laughs> and then I cut the the rope of boulders and it fell on me. Oh no. Yeah. It's like Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah. It was um, really bad. Before we go back over to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, I wanted sure. to ask you about Scientology because oh, you yeah. were a Roman Catholic for your whole life, but you did mm-hmm. attend a few Scientology courses with your uh with your with your fourth wife, Mary uh Bono. Mm-hmm. Um and she said that you tried to get out of Scientology, but that they made it difficult. For you, is that true? Did Scientology do like? Are you surprised that Scientology? I'm not not surprised. That's very on brand for Scientology. (laughs) But I'm just curious, like, like what they did, maybe. Right, right, right. You know, I'd love to hear some specifics. Sure. So I loved money at the time Mm -hmm. and still do. So I was joining Scientology so that I could have human slaves. You know. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, classic Scientology. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic. yeah. In Scientology, I just threw up. Uh, <laughs> the, um, did my burp just show up? That's why I said I. I don't believe so. No. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um. So, in Scientology, if you're really rich, you get human slaves. You know, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, really good actor, but he probably has human slaves. Gotcha. You know? We all know this. Yeah. yeah. We yes. all know this. Yes. Um. And so I wanted some human slaves. I wanted some more money. Ultimately, I, Sonny Bono, was like, this is a little too fucked up. You know, mm. I got to get out of this. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. I had a really weird moment of um, empathy. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Rockstars don't really have no, the the, the look of pure pain that shot over your face while you tried to say the I word empathy. Bad. So you tried to leave Scientology because you had this this wow. sudden sudden come to Jesus moment. But yeah. what was that moment? Are you going mm. to talk about it? Sure, sure. I could talk about it. Uh, so I, uh, I was in a human throne, meaning it was, uh, humans making the shape of a throne. A live humans. Live wow. humans throne. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. You're this sitting empathy on better be huge mm-hmm. if it gets you out of a human throne. I'm Say that again? Very, well, I just think this empathy better be something significant if you are already the type of person that has a human throne. Yes. Yes. This was provided by Scientology. They were like, all right, now sit on this human throne and don't do anything. Yeah, everybody at a certain Thetan level just gets yeah. the mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. throne. Yeah. Tom see, Cruise. I see, I see. Right. John yeah. Travolta. Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. Smith. Will Smith. Beck. 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 Ooh, Beck. Beck. Yeah. Oh, I like his always, music. <laughs> I know. It always surprised <laughs> I like Tom Cruise, not going to lie, but, mm-hmm. you know, he has human slaves. So you're on the human <laughs> throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was on the human throne, and I accidentally, and by accidentally, I mean I just farted, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a rock star. This is the lifestyle I have. I, that mm-hmm. one is. Classic mm-hmm. rock star. And classic. then someone else farted. On the throne. Uh, on the, the throne. One of the, the humans. humans in the human throne farted. Mm-hmm. And so what essentially happened was I farted into this guy's butt and then he farted at my butt. Essentially. 
And then that guy was unbelievably beaten to an unbelievable like pulp. pulp. Yeah. By yeah, who? Orange pulp. Eh, some Scientology guy. Mm-hmm. I think it was Ron, L. Ron Hubbard, you know? So L. Ron Hubbard came Showed and specifically up. beat this guy yeah. up for you. And he was like, let me get this. And <laughs> then I felt really, really bad because I was like, well, we did the same thing, mm-hmm. which was that we both farted. Yeah. But I don't get punished for farting. And it was, I can't, I, it's hard to explain apathy. Empathy. Apathy. Apathy means you don't care about anything. Oh. Yeah. I knew that my whole life mm. until this one moment where I farted in someone's butt and then they farted back. And that kind of made you realize that you need to turn your life around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and maybe not be such a, such a, such a, such a jerk to everybody and maybe leave Scientology. Yeah. So I left Scientology. They were weird about it. They sent me letters. They stood outside my home for a while. You know, I just mm. released the dogs at that point. Mm. Um, and well, that's pretty tame for what Scientologists have done in the past. Truth. Trying to like, get rid of people. Mm, truth. So now we're running out of time. <gasps> I wanted to ask you, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, because you were also involved in a bit of a shadowy organization, the Freemasons. Right. And you also had a little trouble getting out of the Freemasons. You joined, then you resigned, then you rejoined, then you re-resigned. Yes, and I yes. wonder if it was a similar thing to Scientology where like they would specifically make it difficult for you to leave. Yes, uh, that was part of it. But I will, I must also admit that it was also part of my problems of being too PC, you mm. know, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Carried over to uh, my uh, way of approaching leaving religion as gotcha. well. Because if yes. you just left the Freemasons, then that would have been very politically incorrect. It would have been incorrect. It would have been mm-hmm. offensive to them. Yeah. No, they would have tried. I, I don't know if they would have tried as much as Scientology would have. Gotcha, gotcha. But yes, I tried many things, you know. Um, I mean, I suppose this is kind of a cliche in my life at this point, but, you know, I I try to get some people to rob the Freemasons Church. <laughs> Seems like you had one yeah. shrink in yes, your bag there. I, well, if you really look at my stories, too, they're mm-hmm. pretty one note as well. It yeah. is. It really is. Yes, yes. So when let me you want ask someone you. killed, do you want that person robbed of themselves? Hmm. Like, do you yeah, rob possibly. their body? No. Yeah. Oh, are you asking about what I did here? Yeah, murder is basically just a robbery yeah. of, of the life. person's of the, soul. Of yeah. life. Of yes, life. in this situation, I instructed um, them to rob everything, so material possessions, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also a life if that was necessary, yes. to your point. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you specifically, so like you joined the Freemasons, I read, mm-hmm. because you, you were... Uh, you believed in the supernatural. You had a uh, a strong belief in um, in psychics and mediums. And I actually read that you were friends with Harry Houdini, but that you had a falling out because you watched him do magic mm-hmm. and you were like, you're doing real magic. And Harry Houdini was like, no, these are illusions. And yes. even though he showed you how the tricks were done and he insisted they were illusions, you were still like, no, it's real magic. And that completely destroyed your friendship. Is that right? That's right. Wow. Can you tell us what the trick was that he did that so enraged you because you were so sure that it was magic that you were looking at? Yes, absolutely. Um, (laughs) Well, it was a trick. I think it's commonplace at parties these days, but back then it was extremely revolutionary Mm -hmm. where he pulled a quarter out of his ear. Okay. Yes. And, well, a quarter, I'm sorry, uh, back then it was a pound. A pound, okay. And I said, what the? I was like, your ear, your ear produced this quarter, Mm -hmm. Houdini? Is that what happened? (laughs) And then he showed me this whole rigmarole of how it was actually hidden in his sleeve. And, oh, 
Mm-hmm. It was extremely. It, it just made me question my life values. Gotcha. Very disappointing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so now, do you believe that he wasn't doing magic? That he was just doing an illusion? Uh, I had him. I I definitely grilled him for about three days. <laughs> But at the end, when he did it every time without fail, I was forced to admit that magic does not exist. Mm, it's wow. very disappointing. And it's, it is a shame that that revelation came at the cost of your friendship with Harry Houdini. Yes, I mean, he's a liar. He's a liar. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that is all for the time that we have for this week's episode. I'd like to thank my guest, Sonny Bono, and with a hot pun, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> Oh, wait, I thought Sonny Bobo. No, no, Bono no you go first. It. Me? Yeah, yeah, you go first. Jared said he would put me last. Fine. Um, okay, well, uh, ooh. Oh, I have, okay. Um, Doyle, Doyle, Doyle. I made you out of Hey, that is, that counts. I Thank like you. that. That so counts. Much. Thank that you is so much. Pass fail. That's you, really good. You made it. Wow. Open like it case. Thank you so much. Last question. Do either of you have anything that you are a big fan of that you want to plug? Comedy shows, Twitter accounts, anything like that? Uh, Sonny Bono, let's start with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know this guy, Pat May, who just started a YouTube channel uh, where he plays video games and does improv at the exact same time. And uh, he's played games like Celeste, Mega Man 8, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, and Dark Souls uh, with Street Fighter coming up. And uh, uh, the channel is called Video Games Improv, all one word, Video Games Improv. Uh, please check it out and leave a subscribe. Oh, check that out. And, uh, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, anything you want to tell people about? Uh, oh, sure. My friend Fu Goto um, mm-hmm. is in a couple of improv shows, um, one of them being at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and House Kitchen at 11 p.m. on Tuesdays. It's called The Excellent Cadaver, and it's based on the parlor game The Exquisite Corpse, if any of you are familiar with that. Mm. Um, the other is um, a megawatt Little Dipper um, every Wednesday at the Magnet Theater. Sounds great. You can also check out all of my stuff at JarrettBranstein.com. Buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. If you're listening to this on the radio, find the podcast. we got all the old episodes on there. And you guys got to check out, you got to go to the Magnet Theater uh, Thursdays in January 2019, my improv team, Junior Varsity, is retiring. If you're listening to this and it's still January 2019, you still have opportunities to come see us. It's every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. This is your last opportunity to see Junior Varsity. We've been around for 12 years and uh, and we're dope. So you don't want to miss these shows. Yeah. Buy tickets early. Hit us up at Famous Dead People at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. If you want to have a specific famous person on the show, you want to see a picture of my sister's janky nails when she got engaged. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous Dead People.